This is Anabaptist Perspectives. Last week we published Kishan Washington's story of coming into Christ's kingdom. This week's episode is a continuation of that conversation. Listen in as Kishan shares his vision for making disciples in the city. Here in York, Pennsylvania, with Keyshawn Washington, and you've been um, very involved in ministry in an inner-city uh, setting. And one thing I'm particularly interested in is making disciples in cities, uh, especially from your perspective as now being an Anabaptist. So you've been talking a fair amount about school and your passion for that. Now let's let's broaden it out a little, and can you dialogue a bit about how the Anabaptists can get involved in? ministries in, in cities, and then also what conflicts can they expect to to have if they do that, um, and what's the best way forward for, for the Anabaptist yeah. people? So I like I like what I see in a lot of Anabaptist missions. Um, I, in, I interned at um, Fairview in Reading sure. um, for six mm-hmm. weeks while I was at Faith Builders, um, and I have enjoyed going to events with urban um, themes and networking with different ministries who do that. I enjoy speaking at these different um, clubs and sharing with youth from different cities. And what I've encountered is a lot of them encounter the same issues. Um, And I think that we, as Anabaptists, have to be humble and realize, or at least identify, what it is we're here to do. Um, And if we enter these urban communities like the stereotypical missionary overseas, where we, we're coming in to build homes and remodel homes and provide fresh water. And, you know, I admire those things. Jesus commanded us to do those things. It's nothing wrong with that. Um, but we, we really need to identify what it is we're here to do. And that is we're pointing them to um, Jesus who can do what we can't. We cannot change their circumstances. Now, I'm an example of which that God used the church to do that. I, I moved in with the Shanks, and I, I was discipled out of my environment, mm-hmm. in a way. Um, and that's rare, and won't happen to everyone. And so what are we really here to do? And it's not just to change circumstances, it's to point to Jesus, and it's, mm-hmm. to, it's to let them relate to Him. And I think that we have... What I've noticed in some people who work in urban communities is they're short-term missionaries, but they're making long-term missionary moves. And so they, they are getting close with these young people, they are winning their hearts, and then they're gone. Mm. And I, for years I was bitter about that. I was like, how are we ever going to be effective if these Mennonites keep moving in and, le- and leaving? Like. And, and I got to hear from some of the, some of the um, kids in the city here how upset they were that so-and-so left. And like, why did they have to go? Like what? And, and they just, they investigate. They want to know where they went and what they're doing. And mm-hmm. they want them to come back so bad. And I see several issues there. One, they fell in love with the person and not Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so they came to church. They maybe even put a covering on. They did all these things, but they didn't have Jesus. And so it didn't last. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so these, pe- these, these people here in the city are asking some questions about us. They're asking, how long will they be here? They're asking, how committed are they to me? Mm-hmm. They're asking, what do they really want? They're asking, are they doing this because they love me or because they want me to 
perform a certain way for them. And, mm-hmm. and, and I'm happy to say that I come out on the good end of all these questions. I'm willing to defend our church and say, I love what we do, and I have a lot of confidence in the people here. But we need to ask ourselves the same questions. We need to ask ourselves, how committed am I to this place? What really can I do? Um, am I humble? Or am I doing this out of conceit or pity? Mm-hmm. Um, am, I, am I driven by Jesus? And am I willing to say, okay, God, have you, have you called me here long term? Have you called me here to invest in a, in a long term way? So we have different ministries here. We have a big brother program where we tell people, don't join this program unless mm-hmm. you're going to be here. And you're going to be able to have a lifelong commitment with this guy. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't have to be here for life. I mean, my little brother's in Florida right now. He moved to Florida. I still interact mm-hmm. with him, right? But it took years of being there for him when he needed me, for him to even love me. Because love isn't cheap for a lot of these kids. Um, mm-hmm. And when it is, it's dangerous because it means there's some attachment problems. Um, there's so often that we elevate the the staff member that gets all kinds of kids hugging them and loving them. And, mm-hmm. and I think that, you know, I've been influenced by some people who have pointed out something to me, and that is anybody who comes in your arms after knowing you for 30 minutes mm-hmm. has missed a lot in life. The, the issue with um, elevating the staff member that is surrounded by kids who they just met mm-hmm. is that's really a sign of a lot of bad things. Not from the staff member necessarily that they're bad people because they're mm-hmm. loving kids too much. No, Jesus loved kids. I, mm-hmm. I can imagine Jesus in our programs just surrounded by kids. And mm-hmm. we'd sit there, why is he letting them do that? Hey, that's against the rules. And Jesus is just so wise and beyond the rules, right? I'm mm-hmm. a product of someone who came to Jesus because the rules were ignored. I, I was on all kinds of field trips I shouldn't have been on because of my <laughs> behavior. But... Mm-hmm. Um, Really, what, what transcended that was a love for me that went beyond rules and beyond structure. And don't, don't get me wrong, I've been to some programs that need, need more structure. But it's, it's not that we have um, a cut and dry, cookie cutter way of doing this. Every city's different. Mm-hmm. But the reason why it's dangerous to see that, to see kids just latching on, is because it's not normal for a kid that's known you for 30 minutes to to embrace you like you're their father or their mother. And what, what we're, I think that's an example of how we need to be humble and wanting to know, mm-hmm. wanting to learn. And we don't have to become, we don't have to go all go get training and sensitivity training and all this kind of stuff that you know the world tells us to go get. Mm-hmm. But there's something admirable in someone who says, I wanna be the best lover I can be. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to love these people that well very, yet right you know love is a language we all understand Mm -hmm. but you can you can show that love better if you know a little bit about the people Mm -hmm. and it's um it's bothered me throughout the years how i've seen a lot of people who have huge hearts swelling hearts for this Mm -hmm. city but are not ever going to go past a certain level with them Mm -hmm. because they don't care to actually learn uh whether it you know it's not necessarily conceit um, but there could be several things at play, whether it's, well, I see myself elsewhere in a couple of years, so I don't want to get mm-hmm. too involved, or, or just carelessness, like I'm just going to plunge in and go mm-hmm. change lives, and then they leave and they, whatever they have done, if they've done every, anything, is, is, uh, they're leaving with it. And mm-hmm. um, for us to identify 
what, what we are when we come in. Are we a short-term missionary? Great. Thanks for coming. Um, here are your roles. Here, are, here is your responsibility, and here's what you can do. And whenever Jesus takes us beyond those regular responsibilities, well, praise the Lord. Jesus is working here. Like, if you're, if you're there for a week and a kid makes a confession that's heartfelt, we shouldn't go and subtract that and say, nope, someone who's been here longer than you should have done that with them. Mm -hmm. No, Jesus will work when he wants to. But there, we need to be humble and say, I, I don't know how long I'm here. Um, which is often how it is. I don't, I'm just here for a year, maybe a couple months, or I have no idea. I made no commitments. Mm -hmm. And I have no idea how long I'm going to be here. And we have to tread with a prayerful spirit to say, God, that means I need your help. Mm -hmm. And I really need to know how to address these things. Instead of what tends to be a reckless attitude of, it's just about coming in and loving. And I'm like, well, technically, perhaps. But... Mm -hmm. Coming with some knowledge too. Um, and so I've been, the people I'm closest to that work in urban ministries are people who um, either have the experience to back up what they do, who have the experience to really know what they're, what they're mm -hmm. coming across, or people who have a learner spirit. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the, the irony in our ministry here in the city is that there are some people who are wanting a learner spirit from the inner city people, mm -hmm. but are not demonstrating it to them. Wow. And they think that's hypocrisy. And the biggest way to lose respect in this city is hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. um, you don't ever want to disrespect anyone in the city. It's a big issue. And if you really want to, you really want to impress people in the city, be consistent. Yeah. Um, I am consistently here for any of these boys whenever they need me. Mm -hmm. And that is a calling that I, people, people envy and I get it because I've been called to be here for them when they need me. Mm -hmm. Not everybody's there, but if you're not that way, there are other ways for you to be effective in ministry in the city. Mm -hmm. There are other things, you, even if it's just making food, be faithful in that because food's important mm -hmm. to people. It might, it might be their only meal and that, that is God's work. Why are we so disillusioned to think that if we're not the ones that are um, in the trenches, whatever that means, that we're not actually doing God's work? Mm -hmm. And so as much as I um, want short-term missionaries to think through what they do, I have a greater distaste for people who are, who are against short-term missionaries because I think that Jesus wants us to be active. He wants us to be working. And whether that's in a once-a-month Bible Kids ministry or kids club ministry, or it's a, a two-year, five-year, ten-year commitment, or a, mm -hmm. what I hope is a lifetime commitment here for me. It, it needs to be um, a humble leading, um, a humbleness to be able to be led by the Spirit, to say, mm -hmm. God, if you want me to go be a, a cry cushion for this girl, then I'm here to do that. Even if I'm only here a week, I, I sense that Jesus wants me to go do this. And it's not just the reckless abandoned that we so often go into interactions with. That, um, mm -hmm. that confidence that can be so good yet so damaging. And, yeah. um, and so I think that's the voice of many young people as well in the city. That they want, they want to know if you're going to actually be here. And if you're not, I, I find that they don't hold it against you. Mm -hmm. But they're, they're not going to want, want to get super, super close 
if they know you're not going to be there when mom and dad hit them or when when mom and dad aren't there for them and um and so high level discipleship means you're there mm-hmm. and and if we're wanting high level discipleship we have to have high level commitment mm-hmm. and i I'm, i'm aware that jesus can can transcend all of those normals but um we ought to we ought to come in with that type of attitude yeah. um, i'm here for a week on a smbi missions involvement well thanks for coming here are the things that you can do um let jesus lead you or i'm here for however many years to teach that's wonderful you're going to be able to do be able to do a lot of things mm-hmm. because there's there's so much need but don't do any of it for yourself don't do any of it without the spirit's leading because um satan i think can sometimes use ourselves against us can use mm-hmm. our good intentions and um have us toppling over the mountain we think we're progressing and then all of a sudden we get there and we find out we haven't really done anything except mm. maybe hurt someone or hurt ourselves and i think that the healing of that the fixing of that problem is is going to be a humble spirit mm. one that i work on i one that i need myself having grown up here i'm the i'm sort of like oh kishan you got experience you 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 know these kids and i'm like yeah but i learn new things every day mm. and the generations change by year these kids are in the things that I wasn't in when I was a kid mm-hmm. and um we all have to learn we we all do whether whether you're here for 30 years or for 3 hours really mm-hmm. and um i i just would really like to see whether they're in Redding or New York or Harrisburg or Arizona or California no matter where these urban ministries are if they can encourage any staff any leaders to to remain humble and say we don't have it figured out mm-hmm. we may be comfortable but we we really are at in war here and mm-hmm. we need the spirits of leading to tell us who we are mm-hmm. and that may change depending on our surroundings yeah um and that's that's the price of battle that's the price of war because we are we're literally telling god whatever you wish and we don't realize just how vulnerable we are in that position. Mm-hmm. Some of us love it and some of us dread it, but mm-hmm. if you're going to be um working with inner city youth in America, um you better learn to love it. You better mm-hmm. learn to love the surprise factor that God's going to bring because um at any given time whether it's 2 in the morning, God can have a, a hurt knocking teenager on your door that needs love. Mm-hmm. And um if we restrict ourselves if we say but i have a schedule oh mm-hmm. that's true but what if god's telling you something what if god's trying to say you've been wanting you've been wanting interaction here it is mm-hmm. and um like i tell my students our god tends to change our desires instead of actually meeting our desires we mm-hmm. we i've been taught by many people that i need to pray for god to meet my desires And so far in life he's just changed them. He hasn't actually given me what I want. And and so that's what I think we need to pray for is that we will be brought to the right things. We will desire the right things. So in your experience here in the city, what are some spiritual walls that you've run up against mm-hmm. that that the church needs to deal with that need that there's, need addressed? There's a big one. Mm-hmm. Um and it's underrated and I think it's 
if I ever write a book someday, you it, should. It's, by the way, <laughs> it, it is going to be the the number one in my eyes so far. I mean, maybe ten years from now, I'll have a different number one. But it's just so hard to forgive parents who aren't serving the Lord. Mm-hmm. It, it is, it is um, the hardest thing I ever done in my entire life was forgiving my parents, mm-hmm. learning to love them over again, learning to. Um, you remembering, you know, think of all the things you remember from your childhood that are good. You know, I'm sure there's bad, but rem- thinking back and having fond memories, and you know, when a when a parent passes away, you you spend time sitting with your siblings, l- laughing and crying of the good times. Mm-hmm. And some of these kids don't even have the father to do that. And in my case. Um, I had a dad that loved me, and I had I definitely had some things to be grateful for, um, but most of what I went through was just pain, just pain, wow. like, and, and not knowing, just not knowing eternal the eternal state of my father, and um, realizing just how much that hurt me, and I think that's what woke up in me the realization that, wow, you know, mm-hmm. verses that tell us if you don't forgive others your trespasses, I will not forgive you. Um, that that stuff is, is so serious. We don't take it serious enough, and and so I, I've encountered. I was at a, a kids camp this past summer. I was the speaker, and uh, it was heart to heart ministry, which is a great ministry. I love heart to heart, and they um, they had me as their speaker, and I had several conversations that night with both um, girls and boys, and one of the girls came up to me and asked me, "How can you forgive your father?" How, how how can you do that? That makes no sense. After all the stuff that happened, and mm-hmm. um, I, I just saw the pain in her eyes, and I saw I know that pain. I've had mm-hmm. that pain. I still do. And then I told her because my salvation depended on it. You know, mm-hmm. if I didn't, I'd I'd be just as vulnerable as he is, as he was. And um, to see what seemed impossible to her. Um, and even felt impossible to me. I'm ashamed to admit it. I just felt like God, like this is an impossible call. Mm-hmm. She's never gonna know you. She's so much pain there. And God just reminded me, like Keyshawn, I'm I'm greater than that pain. I really am. And so believing in that is hard for for us. That the missionaries, the people who have Jesus and are trying to see that actualized in their lives, it's hard for us. To see, um, to to imagine that so and so will actually know God. We have mm-hmm. so many doubts, and they're normal doubts. There they are, mm-hmm. but that is one obstacle that is massive. Anybody working in ministries would recognize it mm-hmm. after not too long. And if they haven't, they should start asking around. So, what's your relationship like with your father? Oh, I hate him. You know, that's bad mm-hmm. because with with that they'll be driven to hell. You know, we, we are not giving enough care to the enough importance to the theme of forgiveness in their in their journeys. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's where it starts and ends. Um, I, mean, I mean given they for asking forgiveness from God is is the essence of of starting mm-hmm. a relationship with him and um, committing to him and and then what God's gonna start doing is saying now that dad that you hate, you need to forgive him. Mm-hmm. And we're letting people skip that step. And I don't think God is. 
God hasn't let a single person on this earth not forgive. Mm -hmm. They need to do it. And we need to be vigilant. We need to come in with, it needs to be in our training programs as urban administrators. It needs to be um, emphasized forgiveness of the fathers primarily, but also with the mothers. I think I forgive my father quicker than I did my mother. Um, that that's a necessary step in a relationship with God, mm-hmm. um, and and so that's that's the big one for me is forgiveness, not just fathers, but just anybody in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a kid who comes in heated from a fight he got into at Bible Bible Club or whatever, and I'm like, Have you forgiven him yet? I know where you're going with it. I know I gotta forgive him, or God won't forgive me. I'm like. Yeah. So you ready to do that? And if he's not, he's not leaving that room until he does. Mm-hmm. Because I, I recognize the extreme importance of that. Mm-hmm. And, and those are my prayer items. Most of my prayer items are, God, will you help so-and-so forgive so-and-so? <laughs> it's very specific mm-hmm. because to me, that, that is the, the, the ultimately what stands between joy and is... Mm-hmm. Uh, Satan knows what he's doing. He he is using a hatred and a lack of forgiveness to tear apart lives, not just the people who won't forgive, but the people who are not forgiven. Mm-hmm. I, I've I've made confessions to my, I've made confessions to almost everyone in my life, and um, they're big, they're hard, and there's not there's no feeling worse than not being forgiven. And mm-hmm. so, a lack of forgiveness is the is uh, to me the biggest thing that I see. So as someone who spent a lot of time in inner city ministry, what are some needs and observations you, you've had that we as Anabaptists um, could be addressing in the expansion of God's kingdom, especially mm-hmm. in an urban setting? Yeah. So, so I mentioned the um, forgiving of the fathers, helping with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't give much about how to help. And so there are some methods that we can use that I don't see used very often. Often. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll see how many of them come to my mind. Um, one of them is, many of like to drive. They drive a lot of places. Um, some of them are drivers, right? And um, driving to a, do- a doctor's vis- office or you know, an hour away or whatever, they can, they can travel, right? And so if you're gonna go somewhere, call up somebody from the city and say, hey, you wanna go, wanna go somewhere with me? And, you don't need to even need to take them out to eat or spend money on them. You know, um, giving them things does so little. I'm not going to say it does nothing or hmm. taking them out to eat can do so little. Um, and really, it's about quality time, which needs huh. to be trained, needs mm-hmm. to be something that that you both come to to like, right? Because mm-hmm. it can be awkward at first. Like, so are we going to McDonald's or what? Did you bring money? No, I guess not. Um, <laughs> And but we need to work on developing that. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's beautiful to be able to call up a kid and just say, do you want to chill? Mm-hmm. And when, once you're there, you've, gone, you've gotten a, a really far. Mm-hmm. If you can get a guy to come and just talk to you in a world where video games and videos and movies are, are the most important thing in their lives, then you've mm-hmm. gotten somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it's not that we don't do the movies and we don't do the... We don't do the video games, but we don't do the snacks or whatever or the pizza parties. It's that um, 
you know, I can call him up and I can include him in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had a number of guys say, you're basically my brother. And I'm like, well, I'm treating you like one. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going along with me to these events and these things. And um, so that's one way that we can, we can meet a need because most of these guys are bored. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the guys come over every Thursday and the reason they're motivated to do that is because they have nothing better to do. Um, these, these video games wear out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, at most they're fun for a couple months and then they're bored until the next one comes out. And, and who is there to be with them when they're bored? Um, it's either poor, in, poor influences or more media, um, YouTube videos and whatever. YouTube's big right now, um, getting into hours of YouTube. And if we can be, just be with them, um, whether it's just getting them away from that or it's um, helping them to use it well, um, giving them Christian resources or whatever, um, better resources than what they have, um, spending that time with them is, is what they ultimately want. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what they want from their friends, what they get from their friends. And if we're going to be there um, for them, um, we need to be available and we need to pursue them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I hold of high importance being there for urban youth. I also hold of high importance pursuing them. Mm-hmm. And we are, we are not always very good at pursuing. Um, mm-hmm. And a phone call and a, and a, okay, they didn't want to come, is not pursuing. I, I've harassed guys that I care about. And I don't do it with everybody. That'd be kind of weird. If I, I don't want to be pushy everywhere with everybody I know. But there are some guys that I'll basically say we're hanging out, <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna hang out, and um, and we do. And I actually text one of them, and I said, Are "You getting tired of me?" He's like, "No." no. <laughs> um, and they just they want that attention, they want that time, and if we can uh, find ways to give them that time, it'll be really good. Other ways we can do it, we'll go on week long trips with our friends from church and we'll, we'll go on vacations with our friends we'll go on road trips with our friends take a group of guys from the city um, take them mm-hmm. take them to a cabin give them an experience they haven't had before and you know, I don't like the fresh air concept uh, I do but I don't uh, I, I love being here in the city I don't like bears or anything I, I don't <laughs> like being out in the middle of nowhere um, and I don't think I don't want to force them to do that either um, although I will say nature was one of the most, um, the biggest um, things that made me commit to Jesus um, fully. I was a Christian for a while, but nature reinstilled some fire for me. Mm-hmm. And it hurts to say that as a city kid because it's a lot of people who like hearing me say that. Like, see, nature is important. Hunting is important. And I'm like, ah, uh, sure. Yeah. Um, but I really like to see them out of their environment. Not because of what they're experiencing there, but because they're away from their environment. They're able mm-hmm. to get out of what for me was a, an environment of drugs. And this is not a good way to live. Yeah. And um, yeah. the fact that uh, I had someone who, when, I, when he wasn't inviting me, I could go out and, hey, I, I have homework I need to do on your computer. Can I come to your house? It was a lie. And he knew it was a lie. Right? It was all made up just to get over to Austin's house and hang, hang out with him. And he, he wanted that as much as I did mm-hmm. because he knew that it was his way of loving me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people, the cliche is love is spelled out T-I-M-E. 
Um, I don't like cliches, but um, it's, it is true no matter how cliche it is. Mm-hmm. It's still true that the more time we invest, the more likelihood we are to get back that attention mm-hmm. and that, that result that we want. Mm-hmm. It's about relationship, not just the mm-hmm. perfect program or doing things a certain way. Yeah. It's building those relationships, discipleship, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. Efficiency is only going to get you so far. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you really do have to invest, mm-hmm. and that's going to be painful. So I've told, mm-hmm. I write, and one of the things that I've been writing and stuff I'm planning to release soon is you, you're going to make them cry because you're a person, mm-hmm. you're, you're human, and you come into this with some flaws too. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to fail them. Um, and they, I think a true sign that you've gotten somewhere is when they make you cry. They, they lighten you. They cuss you out. There's something going on there where there's conflict mm-hmm. because friendships are tried by conflict. Mm-hmm. You know, your closest friends are going to be the ones that you went through some things with. Mm-hmm. And especially in an urban context, um, I know there are some Mennonites that have just been friends forever from church, and you know this is not a whole lot of conflict. But I also know, and have confirmed through a lot of people, that fr- true friendship, the deepest friendships, are gonna be tried by fire. Yeah. And we um, we hope that they will come, they will come to know Christ, and that they will be our brothers in church, sitting next to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that they will be with us in the brotherhood fighting the fight that we fight. And um, we can start investing in that relationship even before they're Christians by saying, um, hey, if you're being an idiot, I'm going to call you out for being an idiot. And I get called strict sometimes here in school, but I think eventually students learn to know me as just someone who will tell you what, how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I think that you're you're being annoying to the other students, I will tell you that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that honesty can create conflict, mm-hmm. but it ultimately brings about love. It all, because even though we were mad at each other, we were still here for each other. Um, I found God actually uses that. I've been on week-long text text fast from guys where I'm like, okay, we're done talking for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, or they they do it to me. We're not talking. They're mad at me or I'm mad at them, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. And I'll find that in that time they needed me the most. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they'll actually call me and they'll say, hey, um, my grandma just died. Or, and, and all of a sudden all of the conflict dies with mm-hmm. it and I'm there for them. And I think that that is a testament that, um, you know, in the hardest times of our lives, our friends have to be there. Mm-hmm. And the people who um, we care about have to be there. And um, that's, that's what I, I enjoy doing, is, mm-hmm. is um, bearing burdens with them. They bear my burdens. I've, I've given, <laughs> I've shared with um, some of the guys I'm closest with, um, and preferably ones that have made commitments that can relate to the spiritual aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But um, I've shared too about the hard things I'm going through with my mother or my family or adjusting to, um, you know, I've had guys watch me become Mennonite and um, <laughs> they, don't have, they can't imagine how I did it or why mm-hmm. I did it. But they, they've known the, the pressures and the tough things of that. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that those guys 
having seen that, we, we have that bond that people wish for. Mm -hmm. And surprise, surprise, it comes through investment. It comes mm -hmm. through, I'm here when you need me and you're here when I need you. Yeah. And at my dad's funeral, um, I had some guys there that, that um, I had invested in. Mm -hmm. and, here for, and here they were investing in me now. And um, that's the culture. That's what people here do. They want to they wanna give and take. Truly, mm -hmm. they do in their heart want to give and take. Mm -hmm. um, and we've built stereotypes to think that when you're working in the city, you better be ready to be stolen from, and you better be ready to just give, 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 and never receive. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's our fault, mm -hmm. not theirs. We, we are not willing to receive and to be loved. Um, and the expression of love here in the city is different than what my nights are used to. But once you start to experience it, um, that's when they're most open mm -hmm. to committing to the life that you want them to live. Um, people who come in and <sighs> preach Jesus to them and have not established a relationship are often on thin ice. Hmm. And it doesn't mean they've sunken. It doesn't mean it's worthless. Hmm. But they, they've already kind of discredited what you're going to say. And I don't like that. I discourage them from doing yeah. that. They'll, 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 they'll say, you know, so-and-so came tonight and you talked about this and this. And I'm like, you almost think like it was a joke. And, you, mm -hmm. and they're like, well, I mean, and I, I don't like that. But the, the way to combat that is not just to say, oh, the city is this way or, wow, it's ruthless out here. It's to go head on with faith and love and say, mm -hmm. okay, you, you guys... You guys want love? I'm here. Mm -hmm. Let's go. So in my story, well, I'm not sharing a whole lot of it here, but mm -hmm. in my story, I, the most impactful thing in my life, the, one, the most the thing that made me want to follow God, that introduced Jesus to me ultimately. You know, I've been in Bible school for several years, mm -hmm. um, and I actually didn't know Jesus. So people who say, we got to stop doing urban ministry because People in this America already have been exposed to the gospel. I'm like, well, is exposure what we want? Hmm. Is it really just about exposure? Mm -hmm. Because I, I thought we were here to disciple and to baptize. And, to, mm -hmm. you know, and all of a sudden now it's about exposure. I'm like, wow, if exposure is all we needed, um, we could win the world. Um, that we just go out and do it, right? Mm -hmm. But really it's tough. It's hard. And so, you know, I, I get people... You know, they're in conflict. I don't know if I want to come live in this city. I have friends who want to come teach here, mm -hmm. but they're like, oh, living in this city. I'm like, yeah, I get it. I'm not going to sugarcoat it with you. It's, it's hard for people who, mm -hmm. who haven't grown up in it. Um, but my, the thing that changed my life was sitting at a separate table and with the Shanks, um, the family I live with today. They're my family today. Mm -hmm. And they treated me like family. I sat down and, you know, there was... Um, all kinds of food on the table. This was their leftover night, right? <laughs> but to me, this was like a Disney movie. I couldn't believe it. Like, um, and they were so friendly, and they acted very genuine. Like, it was almost like they weren't overdoing it. They weren't saying, you're our welcome guest. Here, let me take your coat. Like, mm -hmm. it was almost kind of rude in some ways, the way that their kids were treating me. But I was a part of their family that night. Mm -hmm. And I left that night thinking, there's something about this family that I want. Hmm. And I kind of thought maybe it'd be whiteness. You know, is, are they just white? Can I really be this? Am I, hmm. I going to have to sell out to be like them? I was confused at a young age. I was 12 years old. Um, and so Austin invested in me. Um, we had Bible studies. And 
I kept going back to their family. And the, the meal times have shaped me into what I am today. The meal mm. times have made me want to know God. I found Jesus ultimately through a family investing in me like that. Mm. And I was at a conference one time. I won't say what conference, but, and I had shared my testimony there. And an older man who has 10, 15 children, you know, Mennonites are prone to doing that. They have a lot of children. Um, and the, he, he told me he's not sure what he can do now that he has so many kids. You know, he can only do so much. It's more about investing in their ministries. And I said, well, how many people, you, you live near a city, and there's a ministry there in your church. How many times do you have um, them over for supper? Well, never. So you have all these kids that invest in this ministry, and, mm-hmm. and they never have entered your home. The, these, these inner city youth have never actually come to your place. Mm. And, um, you know, we talked. He was very honest with me, and I, and I appreciated his honesty. He talked about how he wants to keep his family safe, doesn't want to be influenced by the world. And I said, I understand that. And, and you, can, you can set that standard for your family if you want mm-hmm. to. But the best way that you can invest in lives in the city right now as a father is teaching your children to bring them into your home mm-hmm. and letting them see a family that loves each other. Mm-hmm. Now, your family has to love. <laughs> there needs to be love there. And not, mm-hmm. not every family is, ma- is what we make it out to be. I understand that. But um, to, I'm fully convinced um, that that is our greatest strength is our families, mm-hmm. is letting people into our homes, letting them see, see us, loving them like one of, one of us. Mm-hmm. And yes, they're going to go home back to their real families, and they're going to experience what to them is like a personal hell. Mm-hmm. And that's unfortunate, mm-hmm. but you're always welcome back here at the Yoder Farm. You're always welcome mm-hmm. back here. Mm-hmm. Um, ideally in the city, you're welcome back here. We call it the Shank Embassy. You know, it's right mm-hmm. there in the city. And people come in there all the time. Our doors are unlocked. And they, we get people not coming in all the time. And mm-hmm. um, I was one of those people. And so as annoying as it is living in a home where there's always strangers, um, I was once one of those strangers. Mm-hmm. And I have not seen yet a ministry fully effective in discipling and, and bringing about converts that, did not, that they didn't have a chill spot that the, mm-hmm. the convert didn't have a place to go and a family that invested in them. Mm-hmm. And so Mennonite families need, need to get their eyes open to the ministries around them. Whether it be urban or non-urban, they need to open up their eyes to seeing that there is a whole, air, a whole realm of opportunity here mm-hmm. that we're closed off to. We want to protect our families. We want to keep our homes private. We do it to our own churches. So one thing we do as a church, we do fellowship activities and one of the goals is to, is to invade each other's homes. The whole church is going to come to your house tonight that you probably can't fit 100 people in. We're going to do it anyway. <laughs> and we're going to do your traditions. You're going to be in charge. And you're going to feed us. And we're going to be a part of your home. And what that does is it breaks this trend that I see in other churches where every home is sort of its own island. And we come mm-hmm. in for church and we go back to our islands. And that's not how it works here in the city. That's not how it should work, at least. Um, mm-hmm. And so they're going to be most receptive to the idea 
that I can come and visit you whenever I want. And um, we should thrive on that. We should love that. We should love when they come to see us. And if we're tiring, the best advice I have is to ask God for continued strength mm -hmm. and say, Lord, help me to just love seeing them. Help me to love, um, love when they invade um, my personal mm -hmm. space because ultimately I want my space to be yours. Mm -hmm. And so God's, if, if that's true, if you really want your house to be God's house, then let God bring people into your house. Mm -hmm. And I think that we've put up a wall and a restriction that has closed us off to a large percentile of ministry that we could be investing in. Mm -hmm. And I see it in the realm of urban ministry, but it could be um, just as great in suburban or rural places. Um, people who need, who just need a, a safe environment, um, mm -hmm. need an example of a godly family. You know, Reagan, I had never sat down at a supper table before in my entire life until I met the Shanks. Wow. I had never, my family never ate together. Maybe Thanksgiving, but even at Thanksgiving, we all sat on different couches um, with, the, with the families. Mm -hmm. um, I had never sat down to eat a meal with a family before. And I've done it hundreds of times since with them. Mm -hmm. And I, I think, again, if I ever write a book, it's, it's going to be about, about that supper time, um, those conversations wow. and that experience. And, and so that's, that's another way, another need that we need to address. You know, if, if I can be specific, um, supper, suppers um, at your houses. Don't just go to parks. Don't you, you know, those are good, mm -hmm. but those aren't as, as to the point as you come into my place. Mm -hmm. Um and I've even seen people go into their homes, which isn't as easy, because then you have to disciple the whole family, but, which is great if you can do it. Mm -hmm. But I think that we can start making huge, huge um, cuts into Satan's vices in, the, in these cities. If we can, um, especially for those who live in the cities, mm -hmm. open up your homes. Mm -hmm. um, you don't have to leave your door unlocked. But um, those, those guys can come into your home and um, eat food and just enjoy being a part of your family for an evening. Mm -hmm. And I think that that shows Jesus in a way that preaching never can. It shows Jesus in a way that um, a Sunday school or a Bible club can't. Mm -hmm. it, it's saying, I want relationship with you. And... When, when they accept that, they are um, probably aware they need to accept Jesus to do that too. Mm -hmm. And often they're willing to do it. They're saying, man, you've loved me like nobody, ever, nobody else ever has. Mm -hmm. And so, okay, let's go. Um, and that's what I told Austin. I'm like, if Jesus is what you have, bring it on. I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know that it meant I'd be becoming Mennonite. I didn't know that it meant that I'd be doing this. I didn't know that I, but whatever it was, whatever God called me to do, mm -hmm. I was going to do it. And that's largely because of what Austin did for me, um, what the Shank family did in my life. And I just think of all the Yoder families and all of the Martin families, all the, all the families out there that can be doing that for other people. Mm -hmm. And I don't hold it against them if they're not. But if they ask me what 
what they could be doing. I think that's where they start. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I think that we need to make family ministry a of high importance in our churches. Mm-hmm. But in order for that to happen, we have to break a a norm in our churches that families are sort of on their own islands mm-hmm. and the church is a meeting place. And, and I would say what urban people need, we really want to reach them, we really want to adapt to help them, mm-hmm. is we're just a community and all of our homes are open to each other. Mm-hmm. And if they can come and be a part of that, then that's, that's beautiful to them and to us. It's, it makes us all happy too. Mm-hmm. Um, and that to me is the most consistent expression of Christianity that we can give is we are all here for each other. For more information about Anabaptist Perspectives, to read our blog, to donate, and to see videos of the conversations you hear on this podcast, visit anabaptistperspectives.org. We'd love to hear from our audience, so leave your feedback in the comments for this podcast, or send us a message through our Facebook page. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Anabaptist Perspectives. Thank you for listening to Anabaptist Perspectives. Your listening and sharing this with friends helps more people find our episodes. A special thanks to all of you who support Anabaptist Perspectives financially. We are here because of you. If you haven't had the chance to give yet this year, would you consider making a year-end donation? You can donate on our website or by check. Thank you so much for listening and supporting Anabaptist Perspectives. Thank you for joining us for this episode. We invite you to join our monthly partner program. Monthly partners are key to the financial sustainability of Anabaptist Perspectives. Partners also gain access to bonus content, including our exclusive podcast where we respond to audience questions and comments. Sign up at anabaptistperspectives.org.